Hello there, and welcome to the Alstein Film Podcast, where we talk film, TV, games, and all that jazz like there's no tomorrow. My name is Tom, and as always, I'm joined with my co-host, John. Hey! That's such a long, that's such a, a long thing to say without taking a breath. Um, yeah. How are you this week? Yes, I'm doing doing well. Yeah, just uh, can't wait to uh, discuss more on, uh, well, not more, but like on Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and more on the stuff I've been watching this week. Yeah, we, uh, uh, we didn't do Falcon and Winter Soldier last week because obviously um, we did our big Snyder Cut video. Um, yeah, yes. So yeah, um, I hope everyone enjoyed that. Yes, and we will be doing uh, Restore the Snyderverse video in the future. Yeah, we are gonna. We are planning to do a video on, on restoring the Snyderverse in a couple of weeks, so that should be, that should be quite fun. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, let's. We've got we've got quite a bit. Obviously, we didn't do any news last week, so we've got quite a quite a bit of news to kind of talk about. Oh, let's, big um, chunky news! Big, big chunky news, indeed. Um, yes. So I'm going to start off with some casting news. Of course, what else? Of course. Of um, course. So, a Marvel Secret Invasion TV show has cast its villain. Uh, in the form of Kingsley Ben Adir, who uh, you might know from the film One Night in Miami, and he plays Malcolm X. He is really, really good in that film. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's no, there's no like particular, um, you know, uh, information on who he could be playing. There's speculation and all, but uh, nothing really. But obviously, this is a secret invasion show, so this he could be playing some sort of scroll, or maybe you know, continuing the Captain Marvel. Uh, Plotline, and he could be playing some sort of evil Cree. I mean, you've read the Secret Invasion comic. Yeah, so what, yeah, what are you, what are you thinking? Uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's one of those big chunky um, Marvel comics that I've read. I mean, alongside with uh, Secret Empire. Mm. Uh, I mean, they love the secrets, don't they? They, they love. The they re- it's like how DC has Crisis. You know, Crisis yeah. on Infinite Earth, Crisis on Earth X. You know, Infinite Crisis. Marvel has just Secret War, Secret Invasion, Secret Empire. They just they love they love it. They just love the secrets, but um, but uh, hopefully, um, what the um, the the Secret Invasion uh, TV show has in store, like you know, there's going to be like possibilities that like tensions are going to be um, really high, or you know, like, moments that like you know that are shown in the comics and like at the start of the comic it's shown off to be very very intense and there's a lot of um stuff that's happening so hopefully that will like have the same um you know like catastrophic things that's happening in the comics or you know that lead up to some very interesting thing in marvel yeah, yeah. i wonder if this is going to be because i always thought you know if you're going to do secret invasion you do it as an Avengers film. And obviously, they can do it as a show if they bring in characters we already know, if they bring in, like, a, like, like a pre-existing Avengers and they have them be scrolls and they have the whole question. I think that's what you need to do in a secret invasion story, whether or not it be a film or a show. I just hope they get that down. And you've read the comic sooner than I... Um, more recently than I have, should I say. Yeah. So I'm a little bit misty on the ending, but... I think at the end, the Super Scroll comes out, who has, like, all the powers. Does that happen? I'm not too sure on that one, because uh, I, I think look, there was a huge battle at the end, and then, uh, well, spoilers for this, uh, Thor came back. Uh, if, you know what hap- if you knew what happened in, um, in Civil War, 
most people thought Thor died, and that was a, an android of Thor, and that was so shock. Uh, that was very shocking. But then this was the Thor that came back to life, and everyone was surprised that he was back. And this is like um, the the like you can see the relationship between uh, Steve and Tony that they were uh, like after Civil War, um, but. Uh, I'm not too sure. There was a huge bow at the end, like all the villains. Yeah, I've, 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 I've got it. I've got it out now. Actually, I'm just looking through. It just seems to be a fight against the Skrull army. Um, yeah, yeah, that's so, that's that's what I mean. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I don't. I mean, so this casting, you know, I, I, I'm really unsure as as to who this potential villain could be. But you know, who, who, yeah. who knows? Who, who knows? knows? Who knows? Um, who knows? Yeah. So speak. Uh, keeping it on the. Um, the superhero track. Um, we actually have, um, I mean, pretty much all of this is superhero news this week, but we, uh, DC are going to be making an Hourman film. So now people might know Hourman from Stargirl, which is a great show. Um, that's on Amazon Prime for people in the UK, so that's like definitely worth watching. Um, Hourman's powers in that show, and this is the extent of the knowledge that I have, so I haven't read his, any of his comics, but his powers are basically he has like an hourglass, and when he turns it, he has super strength for a limited period of time. So it seems like they DC are going to be making an Hourman film, and um, obviously the Hourman is associated with the Justice Society of America, who we know will be featuring in the Black Adam film. So I don't know, are they, I, I'm wondering, are they going to be building some sort of, you know, Justice Society corner of the DC, you know, films, you know, centering around... Black Adam and and various others, maybe Shazam, you know, building this kind of interconnected thing that will yeah. climax with Black Adam and Shazam finally kind of meeting and fighting. Yeah, I, I, I'm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see all these characters uh, develop into a, like into a team or something that you know leading up to um, to crisis uh, for, for something. Yeah, uh, they, they could do some sort of crisis. Yeah. Hopefully there will be some sort of crisis movie because because um, that is devastating. You know, like if you read Crisis on Infinite Earths, that is such a, um, a, a, a just a um, is there another word for crazy? But like a massive just scale of yeah, it's that, it's a yeah. huge it's a huge event, and I'm wondering. Obviously, it, it it it'd be a good thing to to build up towards, but they've already done it in the TV shows. Which we know because of that, because of the scene. Spoilers if you haven't seen Crisis, but with the scene with Grant Gustin's Flash meeting Ezra Miller Flash, they confirmed it being all connected together. So I do wonder, and with Flashpoint, the film, you know, introducing the multiverse with the different Batman, I wonder is the plan now to, you know, build up this multiverse to eventually break it all down with Crisis? I think that'd be very interesting. Yeah, uh, maybe their version of Crisis. Um, I think that's going to be like more time to develop into something like really good. You know, like um, I heard there was like some problems with the with Crisis Infinite TV show, the the, the TV version. Um, the, was there the, any problems? I I, I think I think it's I, I I mean it's enjoyable, but I think it's it's juggling a lot of plates. You know, it's 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 a it's a crossover that has to tell. The story of so many characters, you know, each each epi each episode 
has to have its own kind of cast, have to have its own kind of like reoccurring cast of each show. And then it also, on top of that, has to show the scale of the event by pulling in different universes. And I think episodes one, three, and four are really, really good at it. But I think, you know, it, it, two and five and, and just points throughout, they, you know, they go for spectacle over character. And it's like, you know... Because each episode has to have, like, you know, a similar structure of, like, you know, action. Um, you kind of lose some of the, um, you know, character moments, which is a little bit of a shame. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. But another another DC film that DC are wanting to make are, um, is a Zatanna film. And so oh, they've been wanting to make this film quite a while. Zatanna, of course, being um, a magician in the DC universe. Um, and they have just... Um, pegged Emerald Fennel, who wrote and directed Promising Young Woman, which has been um, nominated for Best Director and Best um, Picture at the Oscars. It might have also been um, nominated for Best Original Screenplay. And obviously I talked about in the pod how much I loved it so, so, so much. It's coming to Now TV. I paid for it on Amazon Prime, but it's coming to Now TV on April 16th. So, oh right, like nice. I don't know, I don't know whether your account would have um, gone by that point because you know that's like about yeah, a month since Snyder Cut. But it's gonna go. But if, um, if you if you still have Now TV at that point, I definitely recommend. And anyone else listening, definitely recommend listening to Promise Young Woman. But anyway, yeah. So she is writing the, the, the Zatanna film, and I think that's really really cool because I think you know she has such a fresh type take on you know. Um, on on you know kind of like talking about the female experience in in Promising Young Woman. And I think DC are doing really, really well with their female creatives. You know, you think Wonder Woman, you think Birds of Prey. They're doing really, really well with that, and I'm really excited to see where Zatanna goes. I mean, what do you think about this? Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I really like that. Um, like, having... Um, like, uh, I feel like, you know, like Marvel has, like, not have a lot of, like, stunted films with, like... Um, uh, like, I mean, there's, like, one, like, one or two female films i mean you got you got captain marvel and you got um uh, black widow but what dc doing right now is just really good like they're having like female directors or creators and writers just to like have their own way of doing it and hopefully without studio interference uh, and having the santana films is going to be pretty pretty cool like uh, if you read the comic um, Batman Damned, that's the first. Well, uh, that's like the first time I literally knew Santana the first time. So yes. um, yeah. it's it. I I agree with you. I think that you know since pretty much since 2017, since the mess that was Justice League, DC have really leaned. You know, this kind of thing. Okay, well, the whole approach. Um, the multi, you know, the, the the connect universe approach isn't isn't exactly working for us, and so what they're doing, I think, is really great. They're pulling, you know, they're relying on their directors. You know, you think Joker, you think Aquaman, you think Shazam, you think Birds of Prey, you think Wonder Woman eighty four. You know, people have varying opinions on those films, but they are all the visions of directors and creatives. You know, for the most part, they are. You know, and you know, you even see the Snyder cut. You know, finally, DC are giving that chance and I and I'm really happy about that. I, I heard a really nice quote, someone was talking about the Snyder Cut, and they say that when you watch a Marvel movie, you're not watching a director play in that sandbox. You're not watching them take on the on you know, they're not it's not their interpretation of the characters. You're seeing 
the sandbox. Marvel is the sandbox. You're not watching the interpretation of, of, of the directors inside it. You're just seeing the thing itself. And it works really well for those films. But for DC, it's so good to get to see directors, you know, play in that sandbox, create different interpretations, different tones, different styles. And I think it, it works so well. Yeah, like um, what you said, like having those styles. And it's great to, like, um, we, we will be talking about the, the Suicide Squad trailer. But, yes. Uh, that, uh, like, you can see of how each DC film has their own style with, like, with the director. And that's very, very um, cool and uh, happy to see because it's their control, their creative control. And it's so satisfying to see that because um, normally in superheroes, it's just like what you're saying, like characters are there just for the action, just like there for some style. And it's just like some like huge action that's happening or, uh, you know, I mean, like, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you yeah. look at the best comic book films, you know, most of the time, obviously, there are some that, you know, that are you know, the Marvel kind of studio formula. But if you look at the best comic book films, for me, you're talking, you know, Spider-Verse, Kick-Ass, Scott Pilgrim, and all of those are just, you oh. know, kind of bathed in the director's visions, you know? Oh, yeah, sorry, uh, don't forget Logan. That's yeah, right, Logan, right, exactly. Like, all these films, The Dark Knight, you could, like, I could list loads of them, but and they're all so distinctively, you know, the visions of the creatives and the styles coming to life. And I, I think that's just so valuable. It's so good when I see a comic book film or a comic book property. I think I'm going to say this in Falcon and Winter Soldier um, when we talk about it. it. It's just so good to see that kind of come across. Um, yeah. In the same way as the comics will just have thousands of different interpretations of things. Yeah, and it's really cool to see that director's interpretation or writer's interpretation. Um, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Pretty um, happy to uh, well, happy to be looking forward to it. I don't know how to. Yeah, that. yeah, definitely. Um, but on a on a slightly sadder note, um, I our next piece of news is. Um, Anne Sarnoff, who is the CEO of Warner Brothers currently, um, did an interview with uh, Variety, I think it was, and she did unfortunately, you know, voice that she is the Warner Brothers at this point aren't interested in doing the Snyder in, in restoring the Snyderverse, not interested in continuing that vision. You know, they wanted to complete that trilogy, and she did say that they have no plans to do the the David Ayer cut either, which is sad that this isn't happening. But I think it is important to remember for this, that, um, you know, she isn't the head of everything, you know, there's Warner Media and AT&T to take into account, there are people above her, and also, of course, this was before the huge boom in Restore the Snyderverse tweets, a couple of days ago there were 1.4, 1.5 million tweets in a day, which made it the most, um, the, the most tweeted about hashtag um, in, in Hollywood in a day, uh, in terms of a Hollywood film, beating Avengers Endgame. So uh, she did make these. She did make a statement saying that they have no plans. But then you know that also happened. So who knows? But yeah, what do you think about that? Um. Well, yeah, yeah. Just um, pretty sad to like they're not restoring it, and as well the David Ayer cut. Uh, so it's not like well, I'm just like uh, just disappointed, you know, because you know there's like huge success with the with the Snyder cut. And, like, there has been, like, reports about, like, the HBO Max, like, crashing due to so many people watching <laughs> the Snyder Cut. Yeah. Um, and I'm just hoping to see that Wonder Brothers will um, see the tweets 
and like give it a chance, you know, they maybe see like what like the fans really want, and and this could be like a start, like you know, the fans like needing something to have like a direct vision because it's really good, and um, and uh, so I'm hoping that that, that there's going to be something that will um, that will get their attention because there's like 1.4 million tweets. And that's just crazy. Um, it really is. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I think that they, you know, she says in the interview that they want to go in their own direction. You know, they have plans. The, you know, so many films that. coming out, get, and yeah. that's that's so cool. I'm very like I'm so excited for so many things that are coming out. You know, as we just spoke about the idea that all these directors are going to get to, you know, make these films about kind of obscure characters as well. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought our man or Zatanna would be getting their own film and that's great but i did like there's like it'd also be great to see both you know like why not have you know a batfleck show at the same time as the batman you know i really think that they can do some just they can just bring stuff for everyone and you know I, and i think audiences will eat it up i don't think i don't think audiences will ever really be like oh i don't want to see this comic book film because most of the time they really do yeah um yeah. Yeah, and just, yeah, like, hearing that statement, that's pretty cool, but, like, hoping more to see more Snyder, but, you know, yeah. who knows. Well, we'll we'll go into depth in that when we do our video on it um, in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. Um, but there was some date changes as well for some comic book films. Um, so, um, The King's Man, which has been, you know, kind of, it's been as many films, you know, it was supposed to release a, a whole yonk ago, and now uh, it's coming out at uh, 22nd of December this year, and Shang-Chi has been pulled, uh, pushed back from July um, to the 3rd of September, but the biggest one is Black Widow, so um, Bob Chapek, Bob Chapek, sorry, who is the um, CEO of Disney currently, uh, you know, was very adamant, you know, we're not putting this film on streaming, we want it to have a cinema release, and it's going to come out in May. Um, well, seemingly they've changed their mind. Uh, Black Widow is now going to be releasing on the 9th of July. Um, so that's just after Loki. Um, so it'll be de way after Falcon and Winter Soldier and just after Loki. So there'll be a bit more of a break than I kind of expected there. And it will have a simultaneous release in cinemas and um, on Disney Plus of Premier Access. So, you know, whether or not cinemas are open wherever you are, um, you'll be able to pay £15, $20, however much it is to watch the film. Um, what do you think? Um, you know, this is just like, uh, I mean, like too much, you know, like we've got Loki, we've got Black Widow, uh, like on streaming and on cinemas, that's going to be like so, so packed. And, um, and I feel like, you know, again, like Marvel just taking, uh, over again, like not having, uh, like a lot of things, like, I mean, like it's just getting a bit, you know, tiring uh, but um, hopefully, uh, but well, the thing is, is that um, cinemas will be reopening April or May. Uh, April or May, yeah, is hopefully. it? Yeah. So, uh, but coming out in July, uh, that's going to be like, uh, like a contributing uh, factor, like why cinemas are not like, um, like having uh, like a lot of success because of like streaming services, because streaming services are very very successful right now with like with netflix with disney plus and yeah uh, i think Dis disney plus just passed like a hundred million subscribers yeah and that's just like uh crazy because disney plus came out like 
in the UK um, in March, but like having a hundred million, that you know, like that's going to be a bit like a bit shocking because of like cinemas reopening and cinemas need that a lot of money to you know have that support. Um, you know what I mean? You know. Uh, yeah, they, they definitely do. Um, you know, we we live near a cine world, so that's where we kind of go. Um, and and I, and I hope that you know they can come back. And they just signed a, they just signed a deal with Warner Brothers actually to because um, obviously Warner Brothers wanted all their films just to go to HBO Max, but they have uh, signed a deal with Cineworld um, to uh, keep um, you know putting films out there, uh, which is great not only to get the cinema experience, but you know keep uh, jobs keep jobs you know. Uh, Keep people in jobs, keep the doors open, that kind of stuff, and I'm and I'm I'm really excited to go back. Um, but at the same time, if we don't get to, you know, um, if we don't have the chance to uh, watch it at the cinema, I am prepared to pay. <laughs> um, I am, you know, ready as well to pay the cinema tickets and uh, you know be that um, excited again, smell the popcorn. <laughs> Um, well, it's, yeah. it's like you know, if like, if the cinemas don't open and Black Widow is put on premiere access, um, I didn't pay for Raya and Last Dragon. I didn't pay for Mulan, but I think I would pay for Black Widow only, you know, so we can talk about it on the podcast. You know, yeah. Um, uh, again, I'm not too excited for Black Widow because um, it, it it looks very like generic story. It does. Uh, it does. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, but. You know, if there's like something shocking to it, like something that you know, like oh my god, this is a game changer. I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that you know, I, I, I again, I'll talk about this in the main segment, but I have a little bit of renewed faith at the moment um, for Marvel. So, you know, I, I'm you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that they kind of don't drop the ball because I'm really like I'm really liking Falcon the Wind Soldier at the moment, like a lot. Yeah. Falcon the Wind Soldier is just like really, really good, which will be which will be talked about if you want to skip. Um, yeah, of course, time codes can go there if you want to. Um, but until then, we have another uh, piece of villain news, actually. Um, so Helen Mirren uh, has been cast as the villain in uh, Shazam 2. So um, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, as it is called, um, begs the question, is Helen Mirren going to be playing some sort of god? You know, at the end of the first film, there was that... I mean, I, d- I can't remember what it was called, the the caterpillar thing that was talking to Dr. Savannah. Uh, oh, um, yeah, the big brick. Yeah, big right, brain. he was... He, he, yeah, that, that was voiced by um, the director. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested, you know, not a lot of um, female um, villains in comic book films, so it's good to see them. I think this is the first... Let me think. No, oh, it's not. It's not. I was gonna say it's the first female villain of the of DC of the DCEU, but it's not because um, you know, such memorable characters as Enchantress. Thumbs up. Oh yeah, everyone's favorite villain. But yeah, I'm interested. I think Helen Mirren's a good actress. Um, and yeah, I I, I like the first Shazam. Um, it wasn't amazing, but it was pretty good. I think, and I hope that the second film is better. Or just as good. I'd take a film that's as good. I think it was a fun film. I really like how other people really seem to, you know, kind of gravitate towards that style of filmmaking. So I hope that, you know, they can kind of continue it and build up to that Shazam, Shazam Black Adam crossover, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, so further casting news. It's all casting news today, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. Um, we have Mr. Pierce Brosnan, who people will know from James Bond, 
and Mamma Mia. He has been cast in Black Adam as Dr. Fate. Ooh, um, yeah! So people will, you know, instantly recognise Dr. Fate for his, you know, like, his golden helmet and, and, and his, like, very recognisable look. I don't really know much about him in the comics, so this is kind of been, kind of going to be my first, you know, um, my first real um, introduction to the character. And I really, oh. I really, really like... Uh, well, I don't really, really like, but I like um, Pierce Brosnan in all of his Bond films, you know. Um, he, he can't sing, but he's all right in Mamma Mia. Um, and so, yeah, I'm very excited to see, you know, the the roster in Black Adam, which is filming in three weeks, according to Dwayne Johnson. I'm looking forward to see, you know, what happens. What do you think? Um, yeah, I'm very excited for that because um, I, I, in, I got introduced uh, the character Dr. Fate Possibly in Dark Knight Metal, oh, right. or in Deceased. Okay, I was, uh, I was so actually he's the most important character to uh, in the uh, magical uh, like part of um, of DC, like with Santana, John Constantine. Uh, yeah, yeah. So pretty excited for that. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I I was actually introduced to him in. Um, Lego Batman 3. Oh, yeah! Yeah, yeah. there's a level where um, Robin, like, puts on his helmet. Oh, yeah! Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, so, yeah, break side because I think he, he he would definitely fit in the role of the character of Dr. Fate. Um, yeah. yeah, so, looking forward for that, yeah. Yeah, um, and, uh, you know... Again, casting news, lovely. Um, this is actually, you know, not not the happiest for me, but um, obviously a couple of weeks ago uh, we found out that Nora Allen has been cast for The Flash and we found out the sad news that Billy Crudup will unfortunately not be reprising his role as Henry Allen um, due to scheduling conflicts uh, for The Flash film. So instead... Um, Ron Livingston, who people will know from The Conjuring, which I've seen. I can't remember him in it, um, but he uh, is replacing Crudup um, in the Flash film, um, which is I really, really like. Especially when watching like Zack Snyder's Justice League, I really, really like Henry Allen and his relationship with Barry. You know, I love that scene where you know he's you know obviously the whole make your own future thing and the oh his foot his foot's in the door. You know, my kid's doing something with his life. I really like that, and I hope that Ron Livingston can kind of carry that. What do, what do you think? Uh, yeah, so... Um, yeah, wait, I didn't get the names again. I, you kind of blurred out. I, I know that... Uh, oh, right, Billy. yeah. Um, so Billy Crudup, who originally played him, um, has been replaced by Ron Livingston. Yeah. Oh, Ron. Yeah, I, I misheard. Uh, I thought you said someone else, so I thought, oh, okay. Um, but, it was uh, Ronald yeah. Weasley the whole time. Uh, so, um, yeah, pretty, uh, well, um, uh, pretty excited because, you know, like, there's a different actor, but, you know, it's kind of, it's, uh, it's a shame that we can't see Billy Cutter, uh, anymore, but, you know, this is going to be interesting to see another actor, like, taking up the mantle, uh, for, you know, for something that is quite serious, you know, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, pretty, mm, yeah, 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 cool. Um, so, uh, this is, um, we got yesterday, we got, um, our 
first look, well not our first look, but we got a po we got a couple of posters and a trailer for the Suicide Squad. So our first kind of proper look, first proper trailer of the film, you know, getting to know some sort of plot beats, you know, revealing the villain, which of course is, is Starro. Um, some revelations such as um, K uh, Sylvester Stallone, he previously had a unknown um, role, but now we know that Stallone is playing King Shark, who yeah. you know, everyone's really excited about. And what did you think of the trailer? Um, yeah, um, I really love it. It's really, it's really cool um, to see like all the different actors that we never seen like put together on screen for like a very comedic, also slash action film. I mean, you got like John Cena, you got Idris Elba. Uh, I'm not saying that right. Um, no, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and um, um, oh, no, Rook I forgot, I forgot his name. It's Rucker. Something. Uh, um, is it John Rucker? Uh, uh, the guy who plays John Doe. Michael uh, Rucker. Sorry? Michael Rucker. Oh, uh, Rucker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Pete Davidson. I, okay. Yes. Straight off the bat, I can tell Pete Davidson's character is going to die off quickly at the first stage of the film. Well, this is the thing, all right? Obviously, the, obviously the whole kind of idea of this is like, who lives and who dies? You know? Like, don't get too attached. And... That's cool, but, like, it, it feels like we already know, you know? The trailer so heavily featured some members of the squad and some, and, and you know, others weren't. The, you know, the posters, you know, it's all Idris Elba, um, David Dastamalchin, um, Danielle Melkor, some, I can't remember her name, and, um, you know, John Cena, Margot Robbie... Uh, you know, it, it's all those, you know, jo Joel Kinnaman, it's all those guys, it's, it's the main kind of members, and other people like, you know, Captain Boomerang, The Thinker, you know, Javelin, TDK, all of these people, it doesn't look like they're gonna be, you know, surviving, which is cool, but it, it feels like in terms of marketing, it's, I, I, I kind of, I would like it, so I, I literally don't have no idea who, who's gonna live or die, but I kind of feel like I already know. Um, but yeah, this is going to be interesting because I feel like, um, I feel like that's what James Gunn is trying to do. Like, we don't know any of these characters from like a very, like the very, very early stages of like villain history, of uh, DC history. And, and they're going to die off quickly. I think that's just what I'm trying to do. Like, oh, these characters, oh, he just died. Um, so I feel like that's what it's trying to do. Like. It's it's they're not trying to be forgotten, but like they're trying to be like remembered because those villains like died off quickly in the comics. I think that's what you're trying to do, but I don't know. Yes, well, obviously, I think James Gunn does has done a great job with the Guardians films. I think he so I I, I really trust him for this film. It looks funny. It looks like the action looks good. It looks like it's well shot. It looks interesting. It, you know, it, it seems to have like that kind of flair that we were talking about before. So I I think that some of the CGI isn't finished yet. I think, you know, King Shark, I'm not exactly sure how I think, how I, what I feel about him, but he was, he was only in a couple of moments, but, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, so much of it. I think, I think this also plays into the fact that, you know, I think they are reluctant to release David Ayer's Suicide Squad specifically because of this film coming out. I feel like they don't want two Suicide Squads at the same time. Uh, but it's great, you know, I think, I think, you know, can't go wrong with some Harley Quinn, can't go wrong with some, you know, Idris Elba, John Cena, all that stuff. I'm very, very excited to see Peter Capaldi as yeah. um, the thinker, you know, so many great things. I am very, I'm very excited. Yeah, and uh, seeing that character, Stario. Um, Starro. 
Darrow. Oh, yes. I keep saying it wrong. It's Darrow. <laughs> Darrow. And it's really, really cool because he, he uh, that character was introduced from like from the 1960s, um, the Justice League of America. Uh, yes. And that was like the first proper introduction of like him like being the first crisis, I think. Um, well, not there was there was no crisis title, but like um, you know, what I mean, like yes. it, like kind of crisis, you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very very excited to see it. Um, hopefully, it's not going to be <laughs> the one in twenty sixteen. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, um, I think. I don't think it's going to be like that. As I said before, I think DCF are giving their directors and their creatives, you know, you know, they're letting them do what they want for the most part. And I think, you know, if you look at the first trailer for the 2016 Suicide Squad, it it's a good, it looks really good and looks so different to what we got. So I think like, you know, um, hopefully the same doesn't happen with this one because it's already getting, you know, people that already seem quite happy with it. So that's good. Yeah. And the posters, the poster looks great. It uh, does. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, when's that coming out? May? That's coming out in August. Oh, August. I thought it was coming out in May. I don't know why. No, I, um... Yeah. So still, still quite a bit of time to wait for that one. And um, let me have a look specifically. 6th of August. Yeah, sixth of August, right? Yeah. Um, so that's going to be a fun summer. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm excited. Hopefully, we get to see it at the cinema. But you know, uh, who knows? Um, so our very final piece of news before we move on to um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is um, we are going to be getting a Ghost of Tsushima film, um, yeah. directed by Chad Stileski, um, who um, directed John Wick all three John Wicks, um, and yeah, um, I haven't played Ghosts of Tsushima myself, but I have seen a lot of it, and it's 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 a beautiful game, I'm a big fan of, of a lot of the stuff it does, the story, the aesthetics, very, very cool, um, I know that you're more familiar with it, so uh, what do you think? Um, yeah, um, I haven't played the game, but I, I'll be de- definitely getting it, because it's my sort of type of game, because um, like with the old samurai films uh i haven't watched a lot but i i really like the old samurai because like um it looks really cool uh and exploring more of like what a samurai does or a lot like that so um it's gonna be really cool to see that and uh hopefully that will like you know bring back like the old samurai like black and white type feel but I don't know uh, if they're going to do that but uh, that'd be really cool uh, but again uh, I'm excited to see what they're going to do with this um, hopefully it's not going to be like the video game curse uh, so um, yeah that is a, that is always a problem but I think I think you know slowly but surely they're kind of getting out of that you know like a lot of the recent comic not comic book films video game films have been quite popular you know, Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog, um, Detective Pikachu, you know, a lot of people are excited for Mortal Kombat, so. Yeah, um, oh yeah, Mortal Kombat's coming out April, right? It is, yeah. Uh, I don't know how we're going to get it in the in the UK, but if we have any way, I'm sure we'll cover it on the pod. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, talk about that, and uh, yeah, especially I'm a 
fan of the Mortal Kombat games and yeah, so yeah, excited to see what's gonna happen. Yeah. Definitely. Um right, let's let's go on to our main subject. Let's talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes. Okay, so you know Spoils a, a, a little... Spoils get out. What? What? Make sure you're just going to listen properly for the next 24 minutes of talking about Winter Falcon, Winter Soldier. Winter Falcon and the Soldier Man. Yeah, uh, uh, Bird Man. And Bird Man and the Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. And Arm Guy. And Arm Man, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. oh that reminds me of, like, you know, the character, the, the Suicide Squad that Nathan Billion is going to play. Yes. TDK. Um, yes. What's his name? Arms. Arm fall off boy in the comics, I think. Um. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. Let's get. Let's get into it. Okay. Let's talk. Um. I think. I think. First of all, it's a little bit of background to say. I wasn't a huge fan of Wandavision. You know, there were yeah. some good episodes, but uh, ma- but mostly. Of so, watching the what watching one division? Yeah, uh, it, it was. You know, the the good episodes there were were overshadowed by some real disappointing stuff yeah um, and i've been through arguments through one division like people saying oh it's so good i'm like well is it though yeah um, there's a lot in one division that i think just really you know frustrated me and it's not the kind of you know for me it wasn't the kind of you know like oh why wasn't dr strange there i just think it was it wasn't well put together yeah however I mean, the, now this yeah. now one division didn't make me excited for falcon and winter soldier not yeah. at all. You know, the trailers yeah. I thought were fine, but WandaVision did not make me have any faith. But yeah. consider me so wrong. This show is... I am loving it so far. Like, yeah. it's so Sick. good at the moment. Yeah, and I'm just very happy to see that because there's a lot more character characterization that is so that's so explored within, like, with, uh, with, um, with um, Falcon and... With uh, Bucky, uh, it's Sam, Sam and Bucky, and like seeing them together, it's great. And uh, like what the, the what the trailers like um, showing us, like it's gonna be like oh, it's gonna be those this comic book, uh, this uh, buddy cop TV show or something like that. But no, I was wrong. It's really good. Um, so um, and like having like seen through One Division, I thought yeah, Marvel can't do something like this, but no, again, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think, you know, I, I just think that, you know, they, clear. it's clearly going for a different thing, and I think it's really working so far. Okay, let's, let's, okay, so how we should do it, I think we should, let's talk about episode one first, and then we'll kind yeah, of roll it into episode two. Let's get into episode one, like, it's, Nothing. Uh, I mean, there's a lot right. more than nothing, I would say. Uh, so, where should we start? Okay, so, um, it opens up with uh, Falcon um, trying uh, saving um, a sergeant from the people from Siberia? No, not Siberia. Somewhere that, that yeah, it, it's 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 somewhere that he can't go to. I think immediately it's interesting. They don't explicitly state it, but it's interesting that you know you see the effects of something like the, the Zakovia Accord. You know, 
like Falcon isn't permitted to go past a certain point. And I think that adds an, an extra le- level of tension to this whole little action scene. Um, yeah. And it, it, and I thought, oh, okay, this looks a bit generic sh- at the start. But no, yes. um, like, like, oh, there's going to be an action scene, uh, Sam saving this. But um, but it's great to see, like, more action with, um, with uh, Sam saving more and, like, f- flying through the canyon. Is it, no, not the canyon. But yeah, like no, canyon. I think it was a canyon. Really? Yeah, it was a canyon of sorts. Um, well, yeah. I, I originally, th- I, I did think, you know, oh, this is going to, like, I, I thought, you know, the action was shot well. I thought that the scene was quite, you know, it, the special effects were great. Yeah. You know, but- I, I immediately, you know, you notice things like Falcon doesn't have his um, his guns anymore. Um, you know, he, oh, you know, yeah. Red Wing does have some kind of weapons, but he's he's fighting differently to how we saw him. Um, but I was so I watched this episode on 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 the Sunday or maybe Saturday after it came out, and I'd heard good things, but I was a little bit like, hmm, yeah. Well, people said One Division was good, and I wasn't that much of a fan, so I wasn't. But immediately, like with the opening, you know, like the opening with like small things like Sam ironing his suit, you know, and. And, 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 like, you know, being quite um, unsure about the shield, I was kind of like, okay, this is interesting. And I thought the action was fine, but where it really got into the meat of it was the way that it, you know, explored these characters in a way that no one has, like, no other MCU hero has been explored in this way since Captain America, I would argue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, you see, like, the, the like, the... The effects of like the the snap and the blimp, uh, the blimp, the blimp, <laughs> the blimp. No, the blimp. It's coming from above. No, it's gonna explode. Uh, no. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, it's just really, really uh, like interesting to see how, um, like, people with the characters that are affected by the the blip. Whereas One Division really didn't explore that much. He was like, oh no, Vision. Oh, Monica just. Uh, but oh no vision uh, like something like that um, yeah but like you see like sam really struggling trying to like trying to get his sister wait is it sister or, yes or, his sister oh sister uh trying to um get loans from uh something yeah to... a really interesting thing you know was tony stark you know, never paid for the Avengers, you know, that whole thing. And I really appreciated that, you know, that's how it is in the comics. And it's not just, I didn't like it just because of the comic book accuracy. I thought that it was, it was so good to see, you know, these people have, have to struggle on their own, especially a black superhero such as Falcon. This show really goes into that, you know, political themes. There's the scene where he's at the bank and, you know, they are str- like as black people. They are struggling. The white guy at the at the um at the bank is you know he he you know doesn't want to give him a loan, um and you know he's kind of skeptical. He's like I don't see how this is going to work for you. You know you know his sister makes comments on how this doesn't work for people like them. And then like you know the 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 kind of the the tone in the scene shifts when the guy at the bank realizes that Falcon is. Um, you will, Falcon is Falcon, you know, he's like, oh my god, I, I know you, wow, you're so cool and all that, and it's like, you get that even more in episode two, which we'll talk about a bit later, but like, the way that the, the show presents his struggle as a person, not just a superhero, 
And in a lot of ways, it makes me sad that they can't, that they don't do this for Spider-Man, you know? Like, oh, yes. Every, everyone's saying, oh, Spider-Man doesn't need to have, you know, financial troubles and stuff because Tony Stark would just pay for him. Like, well, now it's it's making me think, is Tony Stark paying for this kid, but not, like, all the other Avengers? Like, Sam is literally struggling to make ends meet, you know? Like, he might have to sell the family boat, which is really important to him, you know? And Peter, he's fine. He's having girl troubles at school, you know? It's, it, 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 I really appreciate... I, like, I've always really liked Falcon, but this is, makes me love him even more, you know? Yeah, like, it's just more relatable and, like, you know, exploring more of, like, the struggles. Um, so, yeah, he's, like, very well explored because in, in like, uh, Civil War or Captain America, the, uh, the Winter Soldier, uh, or like that, he's just, he's, like, a bit left out. But, no, but in Winter Soldier, he's more... He's went more in into the story, but whereas like in Avengers: Infinity War or Civil War or all of those like massive um, Avengers films, he's not really in it, and that's kind of a bit sad. But like, yeah, I think Falcon's always been cool, but he's always kind of fallen. You know, um, oh, what's the word? He's uh, he's he's fallen. Oh my god, he's fallen. He's, he's fallen. He's 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 gone. He's dead. He's dead now. Um, but he's 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 he suffers from the you know superhero best friend thing. You know he falls to the black best friend trope where he he's there. He makes some cool like funny one liners. He's charming and all that, but he doesn't really have like a proper like arc. You know, like he has like interesting like character beats in in Winter Soldier and Civil War, but as he says in Winter Soldier, he basically just does what Captain America does, but slower. And now we finally get a chance to see who he is, and I think that's really, really, you know, valuable, and it makes me like him so much more. I always liked him in the action scenes. I thought he was, you know, charming, and, and, and you know, there's something interesting there, but it's so good to finally see him developed in, in a way that I think he deserves. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty glad to have a character that's left out, but more explored into the TV show. Uh, yeah. So and uh, so uh, then we get to see Bucky. We uh, do. So Bucky. This is like more, more like that. That is like deep. Something that, like I can't say it right. Something that deep is something happening inside with Bucky that he's having nightmares, and it's really. Really interesting and sad to see of him, like, trying to fit into society and trying to, um, you know, like, he's been um, been with Hydra and and uh, for, for a long time. And and it's really... And another thing that I really like, that he has a friend uh, from, uh, I don't know, from the war, was it? Like, you no, met, like, well, I, it, that's... I, I can't believe he didn't pick up on that. They, um, I, what I was gonna, he, he's hanging around with this old man, and, like, halfway through the scene, you realise, or at least I realised, that the scene that they showed, Bucky has a nightmare about killing this young guy, and you, and I figured out that the young guy is the son of the old man that he's hanging out with. Bucky's, yeah. Bucky's hanging out with him because, you know, he killed his son and he feels guilty, you know, it felt like in the other films, Bucky was, you know, 
a terrorist for so many years. He did the Hydra's bidding. Obviously, it wasn't him and all that. But, you know, Cap protects him. You know, Tony gets angry at him, but eventually he's forgiven. You know, he's brought to Wakanda. He gets a chance to heal. But there's no consequences. You know, he doesn't really get, like, like as a character, like, sure, like, the Avengers split up because of it. But as a character for him, he doesn't get any, like, comeuppance, no consequences. And I really, really appreciate the fact that when he comes back, you know... He, ha you know, he, he, he's on parole. He has to, you know, he, he has to be in therapy. He, he has his three rules. He can't hurt anyone and all these things because he's seen as such a danger to society. I think that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Um, really, like, to explore a character that, um, you know, like, he's been, like, a, a threat to, to Steve and, um, and to see that, you know, like, uh, you know, like, there's, like, a different uh, character, like, this perspective, like, you know, like, when Steve got uh, trapped under the ice for, um, for, like, 80 years, and that's just so, so de de devastating, and, um, and to see something, like, what Bucky's going through, he's having these nightmares, and, um, and, like, whereas Steve was like, okay, I'm, I'm good, I'm good, but, like, he's been through a lot of stuff, uh, Bucky, so, yeah, so that's, um, interesting to see, but also sad, um, and I really, I, I don't know why, but, like, I really like the, um, uh, Winter Soldier in this one, he's, like, a bit, he's a bit more, you know, um, I, I don't know, but more likable, I don't know, like, I mean, in, the first, uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, he's he's like that same old, um, you know, from the forty. Yeah, you know, you know, what I mean, like yeah, that, that old personality. But like him trying to fit in, like the modern world. Like he's trying to have dates through like Tinder, <laughs> um, and um, and he's trying to um, do something. And he's like he's like an old man. Well, he is an old man. Um, just to fit in, uh, and what else? Um, yeah, it, I, it, it, feel, it feels very much similar to Captain America's struggle in, you know, most of his films. Well, I guess Captain America's struggle in Winter Soldier and Avengers Assemble specifically. He has that kind of struggle where he... He's, he's, you know, kind of moving into this modern world and he still is, like, you know, he's, he's, he's getting over this... You know, tr you know his past that he's still living in. I think the idea that you have that for Bucky, with the added guilt, the added layers of the fact that he was part of this kind of, he made such, you know, he he contributed to making such a bad world, such as, um, you know, there's a scene where he he sees a, a senator that he helped get in power, and she's abusing her power, and he like helps take her down. And he's trying to make amends and trying to feel better for what he's done. But, yeah. you know, I really appreciate how, you know, there's so much kind of going on beneath the surface. And he's not just a blank slate. I always kind of saw him as a blank slate in the MCU, in the films. I was never, like, a huge kind of fan of his character. And I'm so happy that finally he, you know, can... I think both of these characters have kind of just been sidekicks, Captain America. And I'm really happy that they have, like, been able to come into the limelight and be developed in such a sophisticated way. Yeah. And, um, and there was like really good stuff, like, uh, the, the, the interaction, uh, with, 
Um, oh, no, no, wait, no, that's in the second episode. We'll talk about that. Um, uh, like, the, the, the first time we see uh, a Captain America, but his name is John Walker. Yes. It, yes, so the, like, this is the first time we see, like, a, uh, a standing Captain America. And, and uh, the scene just really, really, like, makes us, like, feel... I don't know why, but it just makes us, like, very angry but like like very sad like there's like a fake captain america and he's just like you know a bit you know um suspicious you know what i mean like yeah well i think falcon struggles to do the right thing with the shield you know he doesn't feel like he can take the shield up he feels like it doesn't belong to him he feels like you know becoming captain america and stepping into that mantle is you know, too much for him. It's a, it's a, it's a burden that he can't bear. And I think the idea that he has to give it up, and then, and then he has to see someone else take it, and you know, like you know, in his eyes, kind of spit on everything that the Captain America is supposed to be. You know, uh, taking it back to the kind of poster boy that he was in the, in the, in the forties, and not this kind of you know hero and symbol, and they develop that more in, in episode two, but I think it's a very nice way of ending the episode in the quiet moment, uh, and I don't think they've, they waste it either, it's not a, it's not an Evan Peters in WandaVision, it, it has weight to the characters, you know, they all know what it means, we all know what it means, and they develop yeah. it really nicely in, in, in episode two. Yeah, we all know what it means. We all know yeah. what it means. Um, By episode two. Wait, I've yeah. got, I've got one more thing about episode one. Oh, okay. Um, Rhodey showed up when um, when um, Sam was, you know, um, passing the shield over to um, the museum. And Rhodey and Sam have a little talk. And I want to say, Rhodey is one of my least favourite characters in the MCU period. I think he's just an annoying kind of, like 90% of the time, he's just an annoying father figure for Tony. Um, and he doesn't, you know... And, and he makes insensitive jokes, you know, especially at the, at the expense of Thor in Endgame. Um, he isn't particularly likable to me, uh, you know, and also, uh, you know, I, I don't think Don Cheadle's terrible in the role. I did prefer Terrence Howard. I think he felt more like a, like a, a bro to Tony than like a, like a father figure. Um, you felt like you cared about yeah. him a little bit more. Yeah. However, this is the first time in the MCU that I've properly liked Rhodey as a character since Iron Man 1, pretty much. And so I did really, really, you know, appreciate that, you know, Rhodey is, you know, this kind of, um, you know, he's he's just being a nice guy and, and a friend for Sam, you know, he, they don't really get into it, but there, there's a kind of, I, I felt like there was a kind of silent acknowledgement that they both kind of understood you know, because Rhodey is kind of that iron, he's like the other Iron Man. I feel like they both kind of have that kind of, you know, you know, Fal Falcon is kind of like, oh, I don't want to be Captain America. And, and, and Rhodey's almost like, I don't want to be Iron Man. I can't be Iron Patriot. Like, who I, yeah, I feel like they have that kind of shared thing. And I really appreciated seeing that. And it kind of made me a little bit more excited for Armor Wars. Oh, yeah, Armor Wars. Oh, yeah, I'm not really... Uh, excited for that, but, um... No, me neither, but I think not, like, seeing this and seeing how well that they've developed side characters, and in WandaVision too, I think they develop Wanda and Vision quite well. I think seeing this already, I'm like, you know what? The, the Marvel shows could actually do really, really well in developing these characters that we've known over certain films. Yeah, 
and uh, and seeing like him trying to um, trying to like you know support um, Sam for something you know that is massive to put down you know like yes. the sheep um, so yeah so that's like the first time I really like oh there's Rody um, so um, yeah so uh, what else um, yeah I, I really like this episode it just gave gave us like a really good start to what yet to come you know what I mean like something to explore more of these two characters and uh, yeah 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 so let's let's talk about episode two shall we Yep. I two. I would argue episode two might you, you know I was expecting a drop in quality, but I think it's just as good. Yeah, I, I feel like that. It just gives us like a really good, you know, flow from well, like a good continuous, uh, no, continuous uh, continuity, like from the first episode to the second episode, and it just works really well. And we get, like, a first proper introduction to uh, John Walker. We do. And, and you, uh, it's just, you know, it feels weird to see someone, like, trying to take up the mantle for Captain America. And and you feel like, hmm, he's a bit, you know, very suspicious um, <laughs> of what he's trying to, uh, like, what is his goal? Like, mm, so. Yeah, there was an air of suspicion about him, but what I appreciated a lot was so I expected a Hayward from him. You know, in one division Hayward was, you know, this one note character who was just like, you know, a flower antagonist, and that's what I expected from him. But from his very first scene in this episode, I saw this guy isn't just, you know, he isn't he's he's worried about taking up the mantle of Captain America. He wants to do it well and he wants to, you know and he's worried that he might not be the right guy for it. You know, he's worried that, you know, he says someone like me, he doesn't feel, you know, like, uh, and, and the whole time, you know, apart from, like, the final scene where he's like, okay, if you're not going to be with me, then stay out of my way, the whole time he does feel like he's trying to do his best, and, you know, he looks out for his friends, and he tries to be nice to Falcon and Bucky, he understands that he's not Steve, and he's not trying to be, but he's trying to kind of, and he's just trying to do his job, and I, I was, again, surprised at how sophisticated they made him, considering how I was just expecting another Hayward who's just like, oh, Falcon, I went to Soldier. Yep, no, not a fan of these guys. <laughs> and that was... I'm just so surprised this this show keeps on hitting me with such nuance, which is so, like, unexpected. Yeah, and it's pretty cool to see, like, we're not getting, like, a Hayward, um, we said. So, um... Um, well, sorry, I would say, um, so, I, you probably thinking, why, John, why do you think he's very suspicious? I mean, it's Captain America, like, someone to take up the mantle of Captain America, and, and, I'm, I'm thinking, like, what is this Endgame, so, I, I, I'm pretty, um... Endgame! I'm pretty <laughs> interested to see more of, like, um, of this character throughout the show, of, like, what he's gonna, like... Like interacting like more of with um with Bucky and Sam, uh, and seeing what like the consequences what 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 he's doing towards uh, the consequence to towards the story, of, and the narrative as well, and seeing how he could have the impact towards us and the characters as well. I'm hoping like 
again, we don't get Haywood because I feel like we need an, another like character to you know help us understand more of the show and why he is like taking up the mantle. You, you know what I mean? Like to to understand more characters um, in a yeah, different way. I, I feel like you know it, it in in a similar way to the Winter Soldier. You're presenting a world of, you know, sophistication where all the characters aren't just black and white. It's there's a lot of grey, you know. The characters have this these layers to them that, you know Layers. Layers. Like 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 an like an onion. Um and it, it feels like if you just present a character who is so, you know, randomly, you know, unsophisticated, then, you know, it 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 all kind of starts to unravel, you know? Um, I think I think that this show captures what the Russos did so well in their tenure in the MCU. They never had black and white characters. Even the stuff in their films that I flat out hate, like Professor Hulk. He he even he has like like even one moment where he has a little bit of character depth. And I think that this show really captures that in a very nice way. I think. There's a moment, or there's a scene where they go to meet Isaiah Bradley, and you find out that he is um, another super soldier, um, and he has this whole speech about how, you know, he tried to be a hero, um, and, you know, he was subjected to testing, and it kind of, it references the horrific tests that were, that were you know, like, carried out on black people in, you know, that kind of era of the 40s and 50s, and, you know, the fact that, you know, like, he was given the opportunity to be the new Captain America, and then he was just, you know, cast aside and, and, and turned into this, you know, like, like, lab rat they were just experimenting on to make, you know, the next white Captain America, you know, by the good guys and the bad, and I think that's really interesting to, to kind of look at it that way, and I think, again, you know, Captain America exists in a political world, you know, all of his stories do, in the MCU they have, and in the comics they have, and the fact that, you know, Falcon is going to be the one taking up the Captain America mantle, the fact that these two characters, Falcon and Winter Soldier, are going to be bringing, like, keeping on Captain America's story, I think the fact that this show is grounded in political themes is so good, whether that be race, or any, or PTSD, or anything else, it, it's done so incredibly well, and... Yeah. Like, that's what WandaVision needed more of, you know? WandaVision became such a black-and-white, formulaic, you know, hodgepodge yeah, of, 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 of of amazing scenes with, like, you know, these, hor like, these horribly generic, like, characters and, and, and antagonists. But this is taking it into in a new realm, and I, I can't get enough of it, man. I'm loving it so much. Yeah, and it just works really well with the characterization. It just, again, explores more of it. And, uh... And can't wait to see more of the um, together. Um, well, uh, yeah, this is obviously the first time that we, because obviously they didn't even speak last episode, so they have a bit of banter. Like, what did you? Because obviously, like this episode, they're together. They have like more banter. What did you kind of think about their kind of dynamic together? Um, yeah, I, I like the banter. It's not too heavily relied on the banter with the characters. Cause, I agree. Like, uh, like, it's well-balanced, like, it's, you know, like, sometimes with the MCU, they, like, question what's going on. I mean, like, what Hawkeye did, like, in Age of Ultron, like, saying, we're on a floating city, I have a bow and arrow, none of this makes sense. And, you know, like, sometimes they have that weird question, and it's just, like, kind of breaking the fourth, you know. Yeah. You know, 
like breaking the audience. But no, what uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier is like more funny and it's relatable and like ha- the dynamic between like uh, like Fal- um, Sam is like the like, very comedic, uh, like funny. Whereas uh, whereas um, Bucky is very serious and trying to be stealthy. Like that scene where um, they're trying to infiltrate. Um, uh, do you know, like, finding out what the flag smashers are going to do. Yes. Uh, yeah, and it's really, really uh, fun. It's really funny to see that, like, oh, you're being stealthy. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, right. I, I think that I was very worried about certain scenes from the trailer, specifically the staring contest. But, you know, first of all, it's nowhere near as bad as some of the other MCU films or shows, you know. Again, WandaVision and Darcy, we talked about how annoying some of Darcy's lines were. Oh, (laughs) my God. Right, exactly. Um, And I think they do it a lot better than that. And not only do they do it better, they, you know, they use the moments as character-building moments. And also, like, if you think about that scene where they have the staring contest, they take the staring contest and then they use that as a way for, you know... Bucky to lay down, you know, all, put down all of his cards and be like, why, why did you give up the shield? And Sam kind of, you know, ex, you know, kind of expresses some of his his vulnerabilities, you know, before kind of, you know, leaving. And I think that they do that in a really believable way that everyone's not just making jokes all the time. It doesn't feel, as you said, like Age of Ultron, like that kind of, oh, ev- like, you know, like the, the city's flying, we're fighting robots and I have a bow and arrow. <laughs> what are we going to do? It you know it feels like a lot more like this is something that would happen in the real world. Yeah, and it's more again relatable of what's going on. Um, and uh, and uh, what else? And then we we get to see um, John Walker and his friend. I forgot his friend's yeah, name. Yeah, what's his friend called? Um, Battlestar. Battlestar. That. That's right. Jesus. Uh, yeah, he, he's he's oh, he's from the comics God. too. Okay, um, so uh, we get to see them work together. Uh, uh, and let me tell you, uh, John Walker, the, but the it's kind of a bit annoying, you know. Like, oh, guys, game, we're gonna go for like, we're gonna be in the mile, we're gonna work together, and we're gonna have a go. we're gonna have a lovely friendly ride. Everyone, get in, come on, we'll we'll... Ride. oh my, we're gonna work together. Uh, listen, listen to some music. Oh, uh, some classical music with Chopin and. Yeah, so um, so hopefully he will be that annoying for future episodes. But I think that's just like to you know, like to see the dynamic between you know with like um, like the two characters. Like he's more like self centered, like worried about like himself. I feel like that's what he's trying to do, like trying to like saying, "Oh, I'm not trying to be, but I'm not trying to be uh, Captain America. I'm trying to be the best I can be." That just sounds. Yeah, he isn't worried about the mission or anything. He's worried about his own, like, how people perceive him as Captain America. You know, he's not worried about the fact that he might be tarnishing this... Well, he he's worried that he might be tarnishing the symbol, but he's more worried that that will reflect badly on him and not that the symbol will be broken or that, you know, he won't be able to stop the Flag Smashers. Speaking of which, what do you think of the Flag Smashers? Um, I don't know. I think... I think there's gonna be they're gonna be interesting to what's happening in the story. I mean, they're smuggling vaccines, medicine, uh, all of that for the you know like you know like to understand more of like 
what they're what 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 they're trying to do. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Um. Uh, and and like like the blip and like trying to bring back you know like peace. I think yeah. To uh, I think they're not trying to use violence, uh, but you know they're trying to do something. And uh, but the one thing that really threw me off was like the um the the the, the woman with with the red hair. The you know the yes freckled one. Yeah, I I don't know why, but this really threw me off. Um. She, she was speaking in the British accent. I was like, "Oh, oh!" Like because I don't know why. It's just like she just had that British accent. I was like, "Oh, okay." Because I thought she was just. I, I don't know. I don't know well, why she, that. Just she's put, in. She's in solo. She is. Oh, she is. She is. She is. She is. Um, I forgot. About that, but I don't know why that that British accent just me off. That's not like a negative. Um, criticism, but I just, I just thought, I just, thought, I just found that funny. Just hearing that British accent somewhere in Falcon and Winter Soldier, I'm like British. Oh, <laughs> I don't know why. Oh yes, I am British. Hello, 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 hello. What's going on here? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. Oh my yeah. God, you've become a British policeman. Oh no. You become a cobber. Doing oh, out. Do you have a fishing license? What, a fishing license? Where's <laughs> what? Now there's a video of like a guy um, trying to go. Oh, do you have a fishing license? Uh, no, no, sir. Oh, you're gonna get arrested. Um, oh, Neil, you and your memes. Um, come but, on, but yeah, I, yeah. I, my, my goals are way beyond your understanding. <laughs> Catch me if you can, Flash. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think it it's interesting that you know there are a group of people after the blip who are you know, happy. They were happier back in the snap. You know, they... Sorry. <laughs> yeah, of course. And they're also going to become country singers, apparently. Um, but they they sympathise with Thanos's, um you know, his agenda, and they think that it was, you know, a good idea. And I think it's interesting that you know, it makes sense people would carry that on. I mean, think about the real world. There are people out there who, you know, support Hitler's ideas. So it, it makes sense that these people are, you know, would, you know, be, you know, on board with what Thanos was proposing. Um, even though it seems like that what they're doing is, instead of doing what he's doing, um, which seems to be... Helping. Um, you know, yeah, they seem to be helping more. Like, he was... You know, he was like destroying things, but I seems like, seems like they're doing giving. You know, the, the when they go into their base, and the guy there says like, "Oh, you know, people see you as kind of like Robin Hood." Um, you know, so it seems that they are they have more of a kind of a nuance. I'm using I'm using nuance a lot today because that is what yeah. this show is doing. It's taking <laughs> concepts. Oh, yes. It's taking yeah. concepts and breaking that. And I think, you know, Zemo as well. Um, who is, you know, teased at the end of this episode, which was a really cool scene. But Zemo, you know, perhaps he is in the same boat. A lot of people have proposed that he wears his mask, you know. He, he dons the purple mask because it looks like Thanos' face, you know. It has the purple and, like, the lines. And I think it's interesting that maybe, you know, more people were okay with it. You know, Thanos' ideas weren't just him and his kind of followers, there were other people who, you know, in the in the time of the snap, you know, got, you know, um, like that perspective. And I think same with WandaVision. I really enjoy how it treats the snap and the blip, 
you know, with consequence and not just like Spider-Man Far From Home where it's all kind of played as a joke, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and it's taking more... Sorry. Are you, are you t- am I boring you, John? Uh, no. Am I boring uh, you take- with my intellectual film debates? Uh, no, no, no. It's really it's not. That. It's really not intellectual. <laughs> uh, no. Um, like, it's taken more seriously, uh, taken a serious approach. Uh, and uh, I'm happy that they're doing it, you know, pro- pro- properly, you know, like um, like what you said, always oh, not taking it as a joke, but One Division is like only there for like one scene as a consequence, but eh, but you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, and that was my favourite, one of my favourite scenes in One Division, that, that whole blip scene where you see Monica wake up from the blip. I think that these shows so far are doing a good job of, you know, exploring that, um, yeah, so, um, you know, in this episode, there was, like, the one big bit of action um, with, uh, you know, the, the Flag Smashers and Falcon and Bucky on the truck and, you know, um, Battlestar and Captain America. Battlestar. God, I hate the fact that, he's, that, that, you know, we're calling him Captain America. John Walker. I'm not going to call that guy Captain America. He's not He's not my Captain America. Um, not my Captain America. Hashtag my not my Captain America. Um, but yeah, they come to help, and I thought that action was so good. It was fast, it was kinetic, there were some nice moments of levity, you know, the fact that they just kind of, they used the super soldier abilities to, like, a really good effect, and the fact that, you know, Battlestar, John Walker, and, and Falcon were all kind of, um, like, you know, at odds because they weren't super soldiers, and they're kind of having to, like, weave in, in between. I really enjoyed, you know, that kind of, that thing, um... I thought it was really, really cool. Um, and, you know, there were so many cool, like, uses of powers. The way that Falcon uses wings is always cool. I loved how Bucky uses his, like, arm to kind of, like, steady himself. Um, and and I want to... I think that, you know, John Walker throwing the shield, he really, you know, used it to great effect. Um, and there's something... So this this uh, this show is scored by Henry Jackman. Henry Jackman did the, the theme for... Captain America Winter Soldier and Captain America Civil War and I just want to say when John Walker arrived it was the greatest thing because Henry Jackman played the Captain America theme from Winter Soldier and I noticed and I thought it was so clever and in that scene they also played Falcon's theme from the Winter Soldier and I just thought that was so mind like the fact that they're trying because the MCU, like, it rarely ever uses the same themes. It, it, the man, like, there's like seven different themes for Iron Man. They don't stick to one, and the fact they brought that one back earlier in the episode, they used, you know, the Star Spangled Man um, theme from First Avenger. It was so good. I, I thought it was great. Yes. So, yeah, what great. did you think of that action scene? And um, yeah, I thought that was really engaging to watch. Um, uh, and. Yeah, like similar to like the the one like to the opening start of the of the show, but I felt like this is more like more, you know, again engaging to watch and uh, like to explore like uh, like the, the teamwork between like with um with with, with Sam and Bucky, uh, and then you see like the dog's position between like with character well John Walker and this. And Battlestar working together, and you see the juxtaposition, like, they're, they're a team, but whereas Stan and Bucky are trying to work together, but they have no idea how they go, how it's going to work. And yeah, that is interesting, yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting to see, and hopefully we'll see, like, 
an, like an arc, like um, with them like working together properly, <laughs> and um, and uh, um, uh, yeah, uh, and um, uh, and I, I really like it, and to like what they're doing with the with the with what um, what they have, like uh, Sam flying around and using some of this to yeah, fight these black smashes and uh, and. And, and they're struggling, and then, you know, again, juxtaposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very good. Um, do you have any more comments to make? Um, what else? Um, I, I, I really like there is, like, not, you know, like, um... Again, I, I, I just want to say the characters, like, characterization is just great in the, in the TV show. It really like, is. Yeah, I feel like it's more fleshed out and uh, and seeing more of the problems, what the characters are getting into, uh, and I just feel like I'm just so relieved and satisfied that this is not going to be like One Division because One Division was a, a mess and and yeah, it, I, I swear if Falcon the Winter Soldier dropped the ball because I remember One Division started out fine, it got great, and then it really, really dropped the ball, and I swear if Falcon Winter Soldier dropped the ball, I'm going to be so upset. Because it's going so well at the moment, um, yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it. I want to just say real quickly, um, a, a scene that I loved was the scene with the cops. You know, again, polit the political themes. You know, the racism. You know, showing that kind of systemic racism. Oh, yeah. You know, having yeah. a criticism of America. You know, showing the police come in and be like, you know, you know, kind of see that you know, see Sam as a black man and be th and you know be threatened and being like, oh, hold on. You know, are you bothering him? And it's like, no, no. It's like, let me see. You know, your um, ID and stuff. Like that was like proper, like harrowing. Like getting to see a superhero have that. Not only is it a great message for kids. Like I imagine kids watching this. You know, like it's great that they that they get to see. You know, this kind of real world commentary. You know, you know, you know, like stuff from Black Panther, and you see it in you know, like America, which is you know so good. Um, really great to see that. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I forgot about that scene. Uh, I, I really like what you know, like superpower uh, superheroes don't like get uh, well, with, with racism um you know it's, it's explored more because i feel like that marvel doesn't like really get into the much of the political and racism but i really like what one division is uh, no no sorry <laughs> <laughs> no i was about to say this so that I'm no yeah what falcon and winter soldier is doing here so i really like that and um, so yeah, just to explore more. Yeah, definitely. I always kind of, you know, Marvel have always kind of, you know, not shied away, but it's not what I would expect them to do. And obviously, as I said, Captain America has always been entrenched in these kind of political themes. And so the fact that they aren't shying away from it and then they are doing it, and I don't expect them to go all out. I don't expect them to do a Spike Lee or something because, you know, we're still looking at a, a, a superhero show, but... The fact that it goes that extra mile is just incredible, and I'm loving it so much. And and again, I swear, if they drop the ball on this, Feige, I am coming to your house, and I am going to have, I'm going to cry on your doorstep because, like, God, it's it's going so well at the moment. I, I was mad at my doorstep. I was like, <laughs> so um, like Arnold, you know, like shouting down to the children in, you know, that film. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up! So, um... Yeah, so, hopefully... They won't drop the ball or do something really weird with the characters or you know, like make a plot twist or something. Hopefully. It was all along. Ralph I... Boner. John, Ralph Boner, John. What? John, Boner. It's a Boner, it's a boner joke. But Boner. Oh, a lot of people have been saying, oh, that's actually Ralph Boner. No, I really? am going to kill myself. However. Wait, 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 really? You think of that. Wow. Um... And then people seem saying, "Well, that's actually not Ralph Boner." Are you? Did you what? It, it is. It is, and unfortunately, but that actually. I mean, do you have anything else to say about Falcon Wind Soldier? No, I have no negative comments because I am really, really enjoying the show. Great, uh, recommend it watching. But if, if <sighs> well, the first two episodes, they're great. They're, they're, so good. They're, they're great, and so good. if they drop the ball. I might not recommend the show, but Shame. You know, watch those episodes. They're great. Yes, watch they it. really are. Would can't recommend enough, especially for Captain America fans. He's always been my favorite character in the MCU, and they are doing his legacy justice. But you know, speaking of Ralph Boner, that actually brings me really, really nicely into the weekly viewing segment, and I'm just gonna you know hit the hit the ground running, and um, and talk about something that I watched last night actually, X Men Apocalypse. It's Ralph Boner. It wasn't. I didn't watch Ralph Boner. <laughs> I made it very clear. I watched X Men Apocalypse. Oh, that film came out in twenty sixteen. Yes, did. The, the 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 Oscar Isaac blue. God, why? I mean, Oscar Isaac is such a sexy man. Why would you? Why would you do him? Like, why'd you do him dirty like that, dude? Uh, I, um, I have no idea. Okay, uh, so I want to start off by saying, so like over the last like. Couple of months, I've been rewatching all the X Men films, so, apart from X Men Origins, because no, no, no. Um, so yeah, so I've done First Class, X Men, X Men Two, X Men Three, um, Wolverine, Days of Future Past, The Rogue Cut, and now I'm on Apocalypse. And I always liked this film when I was younger, and I was very, very wrong. It's a hundred percent the worst one that I've watched so far. Um, really? I, it's, you, you, oh, that, I'm it sorry. doesn't. It doesn't hold up well at all. You know, the there's so many characters thrown in that it it really doesn't know how to juggle them all. It takes it it, it drops all the themes and all the character development from um the from the previous two films. It throws in the you know the new characters being like Nightcrawler, Cyclops, and Jean Grey as people who you're supposed to kind of know and like, but they. You know, first of all, they make them totally different to how they were before. So if you're supposed to, con if you're supposed to kind of believe these are in the same continuity, it's it, it's hard to believe these are in the same characters. But they barely give them any development, and they kill characters like unceremoniously. They take the plot off to random tangents just for a Wolverine cameo. Yes, yeah, spoiler alert. Um, you know, the villain is the, the, the villain is so so laughably generic. And his horseman, I'm sorry, <laughs> Storm gets nothing to do. Both Cyclops and Angel are the are the most laughable excuses for, for villains. Literally, the only good thing about this film, apart from a couple of scenes, there are actually some good scenes in there. You know, the Quicksilver <laughs> scene, 
The Quicksilver scene is really good. I, I prefer the one in X-Men Days Future Past, but I really like his scene in this one. It's it's fast as energy. It's it, it, it's vibrant. It's, it's, it's energetic. It's, it, you know, it's, it's what I kind of see to be him. I fell in love with it as a kid, and it's still great. Um, you know, the acting is good, especially from like Michael Fassbender and, and um, James McAvoy. Of course, they're great in the role. And there are some other great scenes, like before they go into the battle, you know, Mystique tells them about her first time as a thing. And it's really good if, it, if only it was earned. The only good thing about the film is Magneto, right? Magneto, as always, as the, as my favourite Marvel villain, Magneto slaps so hard, man. He is so cool. You know, he has his family, and then... Alright, full spoilers here, so if you haven't seen it, don't watch it. You shouldn't care. But, um, you know... <laughs> Like, Magneto has a family, and then he has to see the family get taken away from him, you know, get murdered. And then there's the amazing scene where he comes in, and he's like, he says to his workers, you know, I tried, I really did try to be normal, but you have, you've messed the wrong guy, and I'm going to kill you all. You know, and then the scene where he goes to Auschwitz, and he has that, you know, like, burn out of energy, and he destroys the whole thing, you know. Magneto's so good, and I just don't, I don't want the MCU to try to do Magneto, because he is so incredible, and oh, he's so good, I mean, he, he's fine at the end, he's fine at the end, but like, god, like that, that, like, the, in the, the Magneto in the first and second act, so good, like, oh, but other than that, the film, oh, and also, at the end of the film, it's got the best, one of the best endings of any X-Men film, where all the X-Men, you know, they're in their classic comic book outfits, so cool, you know, and they're getting ready to fight in the danger room, and the doors close, and Charles is in there in the wheelchair, it's so cool, and I, it, it's really upsetting that they ditched those outfits, but there are so many things could have worked, but they really dropped the ball, it's, it's a real bad film, um, yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. a fan, and, and also, all the outfits are really clunky for most of it, like, the Magneto outfit is laughably bulky, it's so weird, and, oh, I just, I could go on about why I didn't like it forever, Four out of ten. I wouldn't recommend it. Please, please, John, tell me what you watched this week. Uh, I watched a really good film. Uh, good. Did, uh, it's called Nightcrawler. Uh, oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, it's a really good film. Um, so, first time watching it. Uh, so, okay, so if you don't know the story, uh, this might be, well, this is new to the podcast. Uh, so, the story is, uh, so, uh, so this person, Lou, uh, and he's trying to find a job in the dark and also sunny Los Angeles and uh, and uh, don't sing that song on these hills I'm reaching for the heights anyway um, so um, so this uh, so this um, uh, so Lou uh, finds his passion and his passion is to um, film uh, some really um, you know, something uh, like some, you know, uh, like some police investigations or some shootouts or um, some murders that's, that that have been happening, that horrible happened, and he he would just send it and send it to the news, um, to the news group, and this is like such a grim story and and it's dark as well because he's just using his passion to um, trying to use this for success, and it's just pretty messed up what he's trying to do. Uh, and uh, uh, and I, I it's just a really good film to watch um, and and um, it's not too horrible what's going on but it's just messed up what the um, 
Jake Gyllenhaal's character's doing. And I'm very, very surprised that he did not get an Oscar nomination for this. I mean, look at him. He's like the younger version of Joker. You know, like the one in uh, the Batman New 52. You know, like that sleek hairstyle. The, like that mm. really... Um, one would one would like um, character uh, that just like uh, facial expressions and like the way that he speaks, like hello, like some some yeah yeah. I know yeah. you mean he, he Jake Gyllenhaal's great, um, yeah. but I think another great actor in that is Riz Ahmed. I just want to give him a shout out because he's got a new film coming out in the UK called Sound of Metal, um, where he plays uh, a musician who's going deaf, and honestly, like I hear that. He is like incredible in it, and you know he's got nominated for for best actor at the Oscars. I just want to give him a shout oh, out. Oh really? Yeah, I've got to give him a shout out because he's great, and you know he's done some other great films. He was in Rogue One and, and Venom, but that's just the t- that's just the tip of the yeah. iceberg. Oh, he's great in uh, in the film I call her. Um, so he's he's great in that one. Yeah. Um, so um, uh, what else? Uh, and it, it again, it's it's a grim story if you're into that but i'm not really but it's just films that <laughs> we're into um so i would give the film nine out of ten or ten i don't know i, I have to watch it again because you know um because i have like, sometimes you know, like if you're stopped watching the film or something like that, um i just go back but i just gave it a nine out of ten but i'll be watching it again like in the future i would say again what's my final thing but you know, you know what I mean. So yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, I would recommend this film. Um, yeah. So Tom, what, you ha- what else have you been watching? Um, well, this has been this is a TV show. So I've been watching it for a couple of weeks now, um, and it's just about to go on break. So I thought I'd mention it. Superman and Lois, right? So you know, Superman for me. You know, I think the original films are quite nice. There are some bad ones in there. I love, love, love Man of Steel, Batman v Superman. You know, you can hear us talk about that on other podcasts. I've only ever, like, read... I've read Superman in Justice League, in Batman. I've read Death of Superman. But Superman's never really kind of connected with me as the way that it has some people. Like, my favourite, like, adaptation of Superman is Man of Steel. I really like how they bring that into the politics. And I have watched Supergirl, and I like the Superman in that, but they didn't really delve into him. And now watching Superman and Lois, the whole premise is is that Lois and Clark, they move to, back to Smallville and they have to kind of, you know, deal with, like, they have to kind of try and, like, get back that kind of their, like, they have to try and be that kind of family unit with their two sons who are struggling with things, you know, and, and, and there's the whole kind of question of do the, the sons have superpowers? And the way that it presents, you know the difficulties of family life and the way that they present, you know, the difficulty of adolescence, you know, particularly at a teenage, um, you know, age of like 17, 16, so about our age, really, um, the way that they present, you know, the struggles that everyone kind of goes through, you know, as mothers and fathers and husbands and wives and and, and, and brothers and, and, and all that, um, the way they present it uh, to, to the backdrop of, um, you know, a Superman story is really interesting and I'm really enjoying the way that it does it with you know a lot it's got a lot of artistic flair the the cinematography is great the music the fact that they made a great Superman theme in 1978 they made a and then Hans Zimmer made a great one in 2013 and then they made another great one for Superman Lois that's mad but I just love how this show you know 
it does take Superman into the modern day in different ways, and, it, and it's so refreshing to see that Superman can still be done really, really well for everyone. I know that Man of Steel and Batman v Superman aren't for everyone, but I don't see why someone wouldn't like this show. You know, it really, you know, it's a real fresh take for the Arrowverse as well. I love the Arrow shows, and I think this, you know, it, it does things in a, in a really, you know, interesting way, whilst having, you know, that cool action scenes and, you know, like the, the, the classic Superman stuff that you want. But the whole idea of Superman, you know, trying to figure out how to become, how to kind of be a better father, it, it it's like the Incredibles or something. And it is incredible. It's so well done. And yeah, see, that's a little, that's a little pun in there for you, John. And um, it, it, it's just really well done. And, you know, it's going on break and they're going to start Super Supergirl again soon. But, Man, is it good. It's been renewed for season two, and, you know, I hope that season one keeps on being as good as it is, because it's really good at the moment, and yeah, it's it's wonderful. So far, I'd give it about an eight out of ten, which, you know, you know, that might not sound like as good as I'm giving it praise for. Obviously, there's always the, you know, kind of CW um, show, uh, like, you know, tropes with the some of the dialogue, but other than that, I mean, like, you know, I really can't fault it. The actors they've all got in are really, really good, and I'm not a huge fan of Superman suit, but other than that, you can find, <coughs> sorry, excuse me, the people who aren't in this country, um, aren't in the US, and, um, you know, I'm watching it with a VPN, um, sponsored by NordVPN, but no, um, uh, for people oh, who, you know, who can't watch it, um, you will, uh, you know, the first five minutes are on YouTube, um, officially released, and it's just some really good content, I'd really recommend it for Superman fans, um, so yeah, uh, what 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 else have you watched this week? Um, just trying to think what I've watched. Uh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Let me just get my viewing book thing that I just used. Your viewing book. Uh, I also have a viewing book. What's the list on my computer? Watching. Um. Okay. Okay, I have oh. watched anything else, but I'm be I'm replaying uh, the um, Arkham Knight. Oh I yes, remember. yes, it's um, it's um, well, I played it like three years ago, and um, and it's just like still the same. I I really love it. It's just weird, a really good game to play. Uh, but then again, uh, I'm just like remembering some stuff that you know like could have been better. <coughs> Back time. <laughs> And so, um, yeah, but, and another villain, I'm not going to spoil the villain because, well, okay, I'm, I'm not going to spoil it, um, but like Arkham Knight revealing as, uh, there's going to be a space, um, uh, Dick Grace, Dick, Dick, Dick Grayson, there you go, see? It's, it's not Dick Grayson. Todd! Wrong, yeah, wrong guy, you're thinking the wrong man. <laughs> Different <laughs> Robin. Wait, what? The Arkham Knight's Jason Todd? It's Jason Todd. What a twist! Oh my god. Okay, that was that was a counter um, spoiler. So if you were gonna play the game, and you know, big brain. Anyway, <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? Yeah. So uh, I'm really enjoying it so far, uh, and I just like I like driving around the Batmobile. But <laughs> if you press a uh, <laughs> <at> L two. <laughs> Uh, sorry, um, Jesus. Um, but I really like the like you know like um, the um, 
like you have Joker alongside with you, just like um, you know, like the visions that he has in, uh, he has he's seeing, and uh, like thinking about like and it, 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 I think it just goes back to like the comics, like you know, like, thinking about like Nightfall and like the things that he has to go through in, in this game, and uh, and uh, and the visuals is still stunning. It's just so amazing to see the graphic, uh, the um, that the detail in the game is just so so spectacular. Like it there's really, like, uh, like there's like a two hour video on YouTube of all the details in Arkham Knight. It's really is, it's really <laughs> mad how good. Like obviously it, it came out like what six years ago now. Yeah, six. Yes, six years ago. Yeah. yeah, six years ago. It's astonishing how good it still looks. You know, yeah. like it looks incredible. Like I, I played it, you know, a couple months ago. I was playing Arkham City. I went back to play a bit of Arkham Knight. I did some challenges, and dude, it looks so good. And I don't understand, like, how does it look this good still? Like, I don't know. Mental. But Rocksteady, you, you did really well. Uh, and wait, is there like a, um, like, another Batman game coming out uh, called the? Well, it's it's the Bat Family, of course. But, Gotham uh, Knights, yeah. Uh, I, I'm not, you know. Again, me, me and Tom are not huge fans of the Bat Family. <laughs> no. Yeah, we we just don't like them. But um, mm. but anyway, um, uh, so uh, what else? Uh, uh, so again, yeah, Rocksteady. It's just a great game to play if you're just bored or just want to do some challenges. But I, I'm doing the story. The story's great, uh, but I wish there was some stuff to do, like, you know, like, like bringing back, you know, like, uh, like from Arkham Asylum, like, the, um, is it the, oh, what's the story that, um, the Arkham Amadeus, Ar- Amadeus Arkham, Amade- Amadeus Arkham, uh, Amadeus Arkham, like, about, like, the story that, um, that he's, that this character's going through, and you're hearing the legend of it, and uh, and I wish that was like a link to that. You know, like that would be really cool. Yeah, I think the one, the, you know, I think Arkham Knight on its own is a decent game. I just think, and I think there are some amazing elements in it. I yeah. I just think that you know it it should it as a, as the final of a trilogy. Hell, as the final in a quadrilogy, if you include Arkham Knight, Arkham City, and you know, Arkham Arkham, 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 Origins. Arkham Origins. Um. That's the best one for me. That's my second favorite one. Oh no, it's not. Sorry, third favorite. But that's it's that's still really good. Like don't like literally the the top three are all so good. Um, I'm just it, I just think it's a, such a shame that they didn't you know that they they didn't like continue stuff. You know they set up loads of things and they just didn't do anything good with it. Like the Deathstroke fight is just appallingly <laughs> average. The you know. Oh, no. The Azrael, the Azrael plot, the Azrael plot line is just you know wasted. There's so many elements that could have been expanded upon. You know, Titan. You know, loads of things, and it, yeah, it makes me sad. Uh, I think they, just, you know, like in the pitch meeting, they just went. You know what'd be great? Tanks. You know what? Even, you, you, know what'd be, you know what'd be even better? More tanks. No. Yeah. You know be even better. What? Drones! Drones! You know what would be even better? Arkham Knight in an excavator! Yeah! yeah. What else better? Cloudburst! 
I swear to God, if, if no one's played this game, they're listening to us saying random words like cloudburst. Everyone's like, what, what's happening? These guys are going crazy. Literally, oh, we talked about oh, the Snyder oh, Cut for two yeah, hours oh. last week. We've actually lost our minds. <laughs> uh, cloudburst. Ah! Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and then, um, oh, like the details that they're going to. <laughs> and, uh, and... You know, but the cool thing is, is that well, the, the, the game doesn't have like really cool boss fights, uh, uh, apart from the Riddler with that one. That oh was, my it, God, the Riddler! I swear to God, hey, hey, Batman, hey, hey, Batman, you want to drive? You, you want to drive on this race course? What the hell oh, is that? this reminds me. Six years ago or four years ago, we did the driving thing for Riddler, and it was so difficult. And then we, and then you put me into, uh, you gave me the controller because you thought, oh, John's really good at the game. Uh, so you thought of me at uh, recent games. So you put me into it, and then we played, uh, and then the song "I Had the Tiger" came on, and then oh, we went, dude, ah, yeah, we're gonna do it, and then we did it, yeah, yeah, well, man. Terrible, yeah, I will, I will say, as much as I'm disappointed by Arkham Knight, I had so much fun playing it. You know, when I was young, playing it with my friends. So I remember. I was playing it with my friend on my birthday when I got it, and then the, you know the man bat scene where you first encounter man bat. It was just the funniest thing because like man bat comes out of nowhere and it was terrifying. I uh, the, I have loads of great memories of that of that game. Ah uh, ah, uh, uh, I mean when I see man bat like, haha, I try you're not going to get me. <laughs> uh, so um, yeah, so it, it's 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 enjoyable, but not the best game of all time. But you know, like if you're bored or do something like <laughs> to, to be a tank. <laughs> uh, but like, um, I mean, I wish that that tank was you know less. Yeah, hold 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 down left trigger. Hold down left trigger. I dare you. Um, okay, okay. Um, you tank now. Uh, no! Oh, the I'll tell you what I do I like, though. No. I do quite like a lot of the DLCs. Um, Season of Infamy, actually, no, that was quite bad. Um, the mm. Rachel Ghoul stuff was cool, but it's great to get to play with all the different skins. I loved the Batman Beyond skin. I loved the Batfleck skin. Like, playing in the Tumblr and in the 89 Batmobile and in the Batfleck Batmobile. So very yeah. cool. I'm a big fan. Um, oh, and there's the Dark Knight Return. Um... Yeah, yes. there's the Dark Knight Return. Um, there's loads of different skins that are just so fun to play. And there's different challenge maps as well. I think just the best part of the game, really, is the gameplay and the graphics, you know? Yeah, like, gameplay and the graphics is just... You know, so you know, you know Fear Multi-Takedown? Yeah, yeah. Like, that yeah. is... It's so overpowered, but it's so good. Like, I remember talking to my friend, and I was like, oh, I don't really like it. And he was like, okay, replay it. And I played it, like, at one level of the Fear Multi-Takedown, and I was like, oh, dude, this is awesome. Yeah, and uh, so, yeah, so that would be it. I, I would give it um, a 7 out of 10 or 8, um, because, you know, like, it's not the best Arkham game of all time. Um, Arkham City is for me. Um, yeah, man, definitely. I mean, um, if you haven't, if people are interested in hearing our thoughts, um, you can watch uh, the fourth episode of the podcast. So this is a long time ago. We long, did, long, long we time did ago. our favorite video games. Um, we talked yeah. about loads, We talked about the Arkham series. We also talked about Batman Telltale. Talked about Uncharted. You know, Minecraft, Smash Bros, Legends of Zelda, Halo. Lego Halo. games. There literally so many games were covered. Jedi oh, Fallen Order. Uh, 
Zelda, Zelda as well. So yeah, right. There's so many that we covered. Um, so yeah, like yeah, definitely tune into that one. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So that'll be it from the weekly viewing. Yeah. Um. So that is it for the day. The day is yeah. done. The hurly-burly is run. I can't... Macbeth. Macbeth, right? Um, so, yeah, it, thank you for watching, everyone. And if you enjoyed, you know, as always, do, you know... Oh, Subscribe yeah. if you oh, want to see more and, and leave a oh, like and watch some of our other videos because it's upsetting. Our, our Snyder Cut video isn't doing too well at the moment, which is really, really upsetting. But, you know, that's fine. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, you know, send us an email. We will read it. You know, we love he hearing emails when they rarely happen. You can email us at asktimefilmpod at gmail.com or follow us and uh, comment or or um, or DM us on Twitter or Instagram where we're at asktimefilmpod. Or individually on Twitter, I am Tom the Boardman. Uh, on, well, I'm not going to be active on Twitter, but I am comedyjohn42 on Twitter. You're not active? Wait, did you delete your account? Well... I, I, I well, I'm not really on Twitter as much, but um, yeah, yeah, that's cool. No, I, yeah, I, I, need to, I, I don't check want to get one. into that rabbit hole of like getting to Twitter. You know, like this. <laughs> oh, do you remember the time when um, uh, you know that uh, that black and blue dress that was shown on Twitter, and then everyone was I, in the oh 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 boy, oh, do I remember white that? Gold, it's white and gold. I, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and everyone hated each other. It was um, like, it was like, yeah, Twitter is, yeah, but no. Um, but yes, you can still find us on Twitter if you want. Um, and yeah, yeah. next week yeah. we're going to be talking about Gen Gendy Tardakovsky's original Star Wars Clone Wars. So on uh, Friday, they are on Disney Plus, they are going to be um, uploading the very original Star Wars Clone Wars from 2003. We're going to watch it. And then uh, we're going to talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier episode three, and yeah, it's going to be a good old time. So come along if you are interested. And yeah, that's all from me. Um, stay, yeah. stay safe, yeah. everyone, as always. Uh, anything else to say, John? Oh yes, uh, one more. Um, so last week I forgot to mention this, but uh, I got the Hellbat um, figure. Um, from Amazon, and it's just really cool, and uh, you can put it on screen, but it's just really cool to see, and I, I really love it. I just bought it because of the Snyder Cut, and I was like, you know, you know let, let's do it, come on, let's just, I mean, I just li only live once, so I just thought, yeah, why not? So, yes, that will be on screen right now. Yeah! So, yeah, oh, there you go. Like, uh, it's from the comic uh, Batman and Robin, but the only good thing is, is that Robin's not mostly, he's dead. He's dead in this film. Oh, flip yeah, so, dude. Yeah, and so it's like, okay, so <clears throat> after losing his son Damien, a.k.a. Robin, Batman eventually find, uh, found temporary peace until Damien's body was stolen and taken to the fiery planet Apocalypse. Determined to bring da Damien back to life. Don't bring him back. I'm um, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, Batman don't bring him. Bad idea, guys. Uh, uh, Batman dons the experimental Hellbat suit forged by the other members of the Justice League and ventures to the Hellscape Apocalypse and take on the virtually indestructible ruler Darkseid. Wait, what? I want to read that. Yeah, exactly. So, it, but for the comic, it's impossible to get. What? Wait, what? What? What would it do? What? What? Wait, what's it yes. called? What's it called again? Um. <laughs> 
So it's called Batman and Robin and Robin Rises. Robin Rises. Eh. On Amazon, it's just sold out. Um, okay. Wait. I found it. Yeah. It's on Amazon. Yeah. It's 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 in stock. It is in stock. Yeah. <laughs> it's right here. There uh, it is. Right. Uh, eleven pound seventy five. It looks what, great. Much, eleven pound eleven pound seventy five. That's a box. Only only nine left in stock, so be quick. Um, I oh, will okay. I will say it looks great, but it's volume seven, and I cannot be asked getting six volumes. So I'll let you get it, and then I'll borrow it. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Okay. Um. So <laughs> I'm ordering that today because it's it's to help out. Anyway, uh, <laughs> and it's a long comic. It's only like three hundred pages or four hundred. I don't know. Um. I think. Yeah, like uh, it did say it was sold out, but now it's back in stock. Really? It's back. Oh my god. Okay. Um, right. Uh, that'll be it from me. Uh, so say goodbye to that hell. Oh soon. my god, John. Yeah. This is the longest podcast. What? This is the longest podcast yet. Wait, really? Yeah, we're on forty. <laughs> we're on. We're on. We're on one hour and forty-eight minutes. Oh my god. Okay, everyone. Monumental occasion. We got a new record here. Oh, oh my god. Um, we did it, everyone. Okay, that, that, that'll it. be it for me. Sorry for this long, very long, long, long speech. But anyway, uh, thank you. Take what you're given. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.